We're not listening to his voice. Oh, let's do it. Here we go. Yeah. Listen to that traffic outside. Yeah, the traffic's louder. My God, he's so young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eighteen eighty-nine. This was shot, and nineteen ninety. Well, you can tell it's early Dan. He has at least six hairs on top of his head. That's right. His hair's still there. Well, he was something like a chimp. Yeah. They modeled Homer's hair after his. So basically, the joke here is you've you've got qualified. Yeah, you don't have any qualifications to be a broker. So he's going to get started off. As a janitor, and work oh. my way up. <laughs> yeah, too bad. If we can hear the dialogue. It goes something like, you know, like I could see here that you haven't even done the Ben Stiller show yet. Bingo. That's right. Your run on Saturday Night Live was so short-lived. Right. Everyone knows you're short. You go straight to great to you know television. I like the Ben Stiller show. It has a couple of good things in it. You watch like the entirety of it and you realize like Ben Stiller just stops showing up after a while. They just have like suddenly Bob Odenkirk and David Cross on it. Oh yeah, that's right. Bob Odenkirk. Okay, so now <clears throat> we see his lowly fate. He is now a janitor with George Carlin. But he's an optimistic sort of fellow. He's going to work his way up. And now he's like, you got it. I got to make a phone call because I'm going to get killed by a mobster. So you work the buffer. And this guy's got no experience with the buffer. And that'll be our visual joke. So this is our set, big set piece. Yeah. And basically, we're being set up to meet the bad guy of the movie in a like whoopsie whoopsie accident. And it'll set him off on the wrong foot, you know. Thank you, director. The guy who wrote this, we're Whoopi Goldberg fans. The guy who wrote this, yep. one of them, uh, wrote Eddie. Um, in oh, the, the, the good one, right? Yeah. Yeah, is he the manager? Now, George Carlin's like, look, you see, it's like a woman. You got to keep control. <laughs> you give it a whirl. What? <laughs> Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie was made in what not, what year? But they, you know, those buffing machines were still out of, you know, out of style back then, out of style then. <laughs> when you have a they're doing, they're doing it. He's doing it in a crowded uh, hall. Oh, the comedy's in the background. You have to squint your eyes. Right up front, it's like he's calling a guy at the track. He needs six thousand dollars. He'll hang up on him. Hello, hello. You know. Yeah. Here comes bad guy. Oh, look how bad. Cobra Kai. All the way. Oh, yeah, he's so Cobra Kai. He's been walking down this hallway menacingly. You think you can bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Whoa! Hey! I read the script. You're Get off me, moron. You knocked my script off. I really liked your part in the script when you called me a jerk. Get, give me my papers, Pozo. That's my script. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Just, just, just gotta sort through my papers. <laughs> he goes, 
Ah, that was a senior vice president. At least you're meeting all the right people. Bing, bing. I love how George Carlin just saunders in with his hands in his pocket. Like, he's already got the look down. Yeah. He's a saunterer. He's a saunterer. Okay, kid, I want to show you my off button. You have an off button, Mr. Carlin? (laughs) Okay, this is George Wallace, our comedian. Look how tall. And young. I, just, I would look at him right now. I think he's thin. He was on last week, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Have you met him before? No, I uh, I did an uh, improv show where he was the next week's act, so I saw, like, film uh, clips on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I met him at Comedy Day, whatever, four years ago. Oh, cool. Okay, now this is uh, Austin Powers. Yeah, henchwoman. Oh, Mindy Sterling, right? Yeah, Mindy Kids Sterling. She was born in Patterson, New Jersey. Big shout out. Yeah, I can't even. I I think I only have like a two word impression of her. Right. Or or <laughs> can you do that again, Paul, and say Scott? Call Scott. And call Scott. No, that sounds more like Odenkirk or something. Anyway, but no, yeah. What's that? Now, she Lucky was, um, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off because I know you're a fan of that. So Raven, she was the volleyball <laughs> court coach. Yeah, coach. Oh, I must have missed that season when when Raven was playing volleyball. <laughs> That's like completely clueless. Is that, is that canon? Oh, that's so Michael. Okay, so like a dick? yeah. He, okay, he's in hot. He's in debt for six thousand dollars. So he's like, "Can you help me out?" And like, basically, like, it, it's got like two hundred eighty dollars now. So because it's a start, he just knows he's gonna die. <laughs> <clears throat> this is set up that something shady is going on at the firm and involves bad guy. Gotcha. And also the director's making us hate him because he's telling Homer Simpson, get out of here. You, you, you know, I can't think with you around. I took a glance at the director's uh, filmography and uh, I'm proud to say he directed uh, uh, the last Police Academy movie. Mission to Moscow, 1994. One of the worst ones, but yeah. I was going to bring that up because you love that movie. I love those movies. That's that's the one I don't really like, but uh, I have to give him credit for it, you know. Well, he didn't write it; he just directed it. But he he yeah. directed Back to School with Dangerfield. Wow, well, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. And my favorite credit of his is The Winds of Whoopi, which is that Steve Martin special <laughs> with Whoopi Goldberg. No, it was, there was the Winds of War. It was a mini series. And so he did the Winds of Whoopi, you know, it was TV. It was TV back then. So it was Whoopi with an IE. No, this was Steve. Steve It was special. Yeah. But you would like to make it Whoopi just because of the word Whoopi. Yeah. 
They couldn't. They couldn't use the word sex. The winds of sex. Okay. Now here's Jed Clampett, and he is the top, top, toppity top of the firm, and he's family with our bad guy. And basically, there's a guy on the phone, all excited for the his firm's working with this firm, and he's sleeping. He's the old patriarchal figure. Yes, and that's the joke. Um, I'll play a little audio because he has the first funny line of the film. I'll put you on why start, Carl. What's that? Why start? Why start being funny? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's this evil shredder, okay? And the shredder, like, is possessed by the devil or something in the other room. And so she's having a lot of hard, a lot of trouble with it. Um, and, and it's a paper shredder, not a right. not the shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was like, why would Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle be there without, you know, Bebop, Rocksteady? <laughs> Rocksteady. Okay, well, so paper. yeah, it's it, it's it's nineteen eighty nine, so. He has no computer on his desk. Computer on his desk? No, uh, he has phone. He's a CB radio. <laughs> right. Steam uh, powered Steam. Runs on Steam. Right. Yeah. Got a pterodactyl. Wisecracking pterodactyl. Okay. Here it is. He's got this thing for the shredder that's hot. Looking forward to this. He made this before Mission to Moscow. Oh, he did? Yeah, I mean, 89 and Mission to Moscow is 94. Did you catch his line? Good, good, something, something. Oh, oh well. Oh, well. We tried. <laughs> we tried, Carl. Well, it's the first funny thing in the movie. That, that's all. Jed Clampett saves the day. Like, he's got, like, a bunch of funny lines, you know? I mean, that isn't to say George Carlin isn't funny, but it's like we know what we're seeing. And I don't know. It was the first time you were surprised. He goes, oh, that thing almost bit my hand off. And he goes, good, good. <laughs> we paid enough money for it. Uh, that's that's right. That's right. Feed Buddy Ups in the funny lines. <laughs> <laughs> that guy could tell a joke. Yeah. Jesus, look at Ben Stiller. Button your your jacket, your button. So this is the scene in which those two like each other, you know? He, yeah. you know, the lowest janitor and the highest, C, you know, chairman of the board or whatever he is, become good friends. Hey, you want a stogie? Here, I'll just steal some from my corporate box. <laughs> See, uh, Stiller didn't just throw out his cigar. He ashed it out and saved the, the remainder of the cigar. He's like, you just saved me 35 bucks there, son. Wow, that's like how many bits? If it's <laughs> yeah. two quarters, and there's like 35 times four. Yeah, that's a lot of bits. He just said just now, he goes, you know, smoking's bad for you, sir. And he goes, I'm 85 years old. Nothing's bad for me, son. He's, he's the funniest comedic actor in this thing. It's amazing how they had to throw that no smoking in there. Like you can't go five minutes without that. 
they're robbing people's money, Carl. Isn't that a bigger crime? Than a cigar? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. So this movie, yeah. Right now, he's saying, like, what do you think of precious metals, sir? And he goes, I like softer music. Precious metals. <laughs> What's precious metal, Dido? Well, it's like commodities trading. Yeah. There's currency exchanges, there's precious metals, there's pork bellies, there's oil futures, there's soybeans. Soybeans, yeah. Soybeans. Pork belly is actually a commodity. Mm-hmm. But I've seen trading places. Oh, frozen. Yeah, that's, that's where I got everything concentrate. So they're looking through the trash and they're like, what secret well, plan on earth? It's like, oh, so you're interested in uh, love interest, eh? You've got to be a garbologist. Now they're learning she likes the band U2. She bought it at Tower Records. She likes cheese danishes. She went to Harvard Business School. Huh. And then like they're going to find, well, I better wait till it's time. Oh, what, like a bloody... Agadaz, a used condom. Wait, hold on. No, right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a real movie. That would happen in a real movie, right? Right. They find like a bloody handkerchief or something. Right. That, and we'd hear the music. That's intriguing. Yeah. Not this movie. Better put that away. Look, the guy has a red cap. Boo. We want to speak to It's Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wait. Yeah, it's well, a side job. He's our Star Trek connection. Yeah, I know. And he was in the original series. Um, the His big line was, bonk, 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 and Captain Kirk goes, no more bonk, bonk. Do you guys know that episode? No. Oh. No, it was a bonk, bonk episode? No. Yeah, that was the bonk, bonk episode. <laughs> it was called... Uh, he was with the Glass Menagerie, gotcha. Okay. 1966. He was in a lot of things. Tango and Cash, Scrooged, Roxanne, Bonnie and Clyde. He's, uh, you know. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde's a big one. Well, he played well, a preacher a in a John Houston movie that I really liked. Like, he was a real stubborn contrarian. Like, it's a really cool movie. I wish I could remember the name, but he's in a bunch of stuff. Now, you see how it didn't go into the shredder. Okay, you put on the audio mic. All right, with pleasure. Now we get Buddy Epson being fun. Well, I would like to take this opportunity just to say goodbye to you and to say it's really been a pleasure working with you. Oh, it's been a pleasure working with you, too. You leaving us? Well, uh, this might be the last trash barrel I ever empty. There's a contract out on my life. <laughs> I need $6,000. Uh, better have your lawyer check it. Jesus, Carlin, like, not single-minded, right? Oh, Mike, you turned the audio off. I did turn it off. Yeah, enough of that. Well, Buddy said, contract A, you better have your lawyer check it. You don't want to lose that $6,000. And that walks out. And then Stiller's like, good try, George Carlin, but you're going to die tonight. I was just gonna say, George Carlin sounds like the type of guy. Like, hey, how's it going, George? Uh, I still have six. I owe six thousand. Yeah, I, I know. You mentioned that. Anything else? Oh yeah, I still owe six thousand dollars. 
he's giving him like trash wisdom. Cover your food before you, eat, you know. I don't know what to say. It's dumb. Oh, so good. now they're going to, I think, discover the memo. And like somebody's making an offer for Gaston Oil. So that means they have insider information that, you know, it'll open at $12. But then like as soon as that thing's announced, a bunch of people will buy it. It will go right. insider info. I can't say no to insider info. Except Ben Stiller wants to say no because it's totally illegal. Paul Brumbaugh, did you ever do insider trading? Because <laughs> he doesn't seem the type, Paul, right? He's a good guy. No, he says he seems like an honest Eagle Scout up and up for up a cover. And that's what excuse me, is. FCC. I found a pile of money in the corner, and uh, I think is it yours? <laughs> that was very, very good of you to return the money, Mike. <laughs> you have good character. You're going to make a great adult, except you're going <laughs> to fall behind in our system because it's built on right. criminality. Because yo, this is like to the results of tomorrow's horse race. Oh, right, he's going to put it in George Carlin speak. And so George Carlin's like, of course, could I save my life, you know, with that money? And he goes, yes, you could, but you can't. It's illegal. It's insider trading. Well, when it comes to jail or death, I'll pick jail. I love how, like, you know, they do that cross shot where they have the stand-in, like, stand, like, there's there's the Ben Stiller stand-in while Carlin talks. Uh -huh. like, for Ben, for Carlin, they must have had, like, a million guys that looked like him, like this dope fellow. <laughs> Yeah. Stand. yeah. My stepfather Warren. Yeah, every guy, every older guy I know. Yeah. From behind? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it just needs like a little ponytail and uh, like overextended hippie hair. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, okay, I could think of 100 guys like that. So he's talking him into it, save my life, and Stiller's going to. Agree. So they got to go to the broker, and of course they're going to pick love interest broker. Right. So still is wearing a black shirt in that scene. He's getting his look back. Very nice, but he's too young to have a look yet. This is. But if you look at his movies, he dresses the same. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter what movie it is. It could be a night at the museum. It could be a tower heist. He's always wearing black. Mm-hmm. Zulanda. Zoolander, Zoolander number two. Now this director, he did Girls Just Want to Have Fun with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, but his last credit is The Growing Pains movie 2000 for TV. Growing Pains, Growing Pains. That, I don't that put was... your nail in the coffin. Yeah. That's the Alan Thicke one, Kirk Cameron? Uh, yeah. 1980. But uh, the film. Did they go to Branson, Missouri? I think we saw two Cameron films on our show. For Cameron, yeah, we saw Left Behind. Right. And we saw, um, oh, Saving Christmas, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Yep. Now, he was going to direct a Sam Kinison movie, um, but it didn't work out. Uh, 
the production was shut down very early. They got to start filming some of it. And I bet you it's out there on YouTube or something. It was called a took a T U K. Some guy, Mordecai Richler, and he made a novel. I don't know. That's the only thing interesting. I mean, he worked with uh, Sam Kinison and directed him early into filming. So, Yeah, well, that sounds interesting. Whoop-dee-doo! The producer was Andrew Sugarman. Hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> So here we got a we got a show bet here, and we we're gonna pay cash and we uh yeah. So this is a funny bit. He's like, here it is, two thousand dollars, and she goes, she he goes, yeah. She's like, I can only open an account with two thousand dollars. He goes, here it's all here, and he goes, well, we might be a little light. I I bought like <laughs> some lottery tickets as a backup plan. So instead of her cheese Danish, she will give them the like dollar 98 they need or whatever it was so wait that makes her a millionaire as well no she would get the commission now it's just two thousand dollar investment but out of it they're going to make around 20 20 grand yeah but doesn't that make her a partner yeah yeah she's the broker she doesn't know they have inside information right she's just covering it because doesn't she say something like uh, oh, you're a dollar short. He bought the lottery ticket. Oh, right. oh my Danish today. Yeah, something. right. Exactly right. And it shows that, like, she has a crush on the janitor, uh, Ben Stiller. So, now so his original elevator pitch must have worked. <laughs> they yeah, right. are now celebrating the, you know, he's not going to die. And and Ben Stiller's like those mob guys always get so look so depressed when they have to cancel a hit. Is this a Ben Stiller movie where his parents do not show up in it? Yep. Wow, what restraint? What restraint? He doesn't want to make it too obvious. Yeah. So they had a promotional photo. It was a big, large, like threaded screw, and the caption said, "Tonight, two working stiffs are going to do to Wall Street what it's done to us." Oh, screw us! <laughs> right? The is, they don't do that in this movie. Yeah, no, there's stillers in this movie, but don't worry. There's at least one Polaroid commercial during the break. <laughs> right? Is this like trading places in? This movie? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's not. Well, trade places had an adversary, right? You had the rich guys making the bet and then trying to screw it off, screw over the rich guys. Yeah, well, some of that is going on here. The bad guy is like uh, sucking out the money from their pension fund uh, into this like shell corporation that's really controlled by him. Oxide, the movie returns. Next now, week. This money. Uh, yeah. Um, wait, do your promo. Such and such returns this week. Her, Herman's head returns. I'll, I'll do Herman's head. <laughs> All right, go ahead, I, Carl. I think I remember that. Was it animated? No, it was like uh, Hank Azaria and inside his head. Oh, no, no, his buddy Hank uh, Herman. <laughs> George yeah. Wallace is wearing a flamingo hat. Uh-huh. 
Now look, confidential, shredder. Carlin's got another one. Because the shredder is evil and the, the secretary just won't use it, you see. So he's getting all these inside information things. Oh, but he's doing it behind the back of Ben Stiller. It's a very weird way this movie goes right now. George Carlin is the guy who's doing the trading with Susan and not Ben Stiller. He's oblivious that it's happening at all. It's weird. So, do they both go to jail, though, at least? Uh, no. No, there's no jail. No, they're the heroes. No, they're, no, they're going to be the bad guy. You mean in real life? He doesn't have knowledge of it happening. If we were actually considering movies being real life. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, he can't be the good guy in this movie. He, he has to go to jail. No, he's, he's a good doing guy. his criminal. No, he's the good guy. He no, won't we get the good guy. That he'll beat the bad guy. Who's mortgaged to the hilt? He's leveraged, son. Buddy Epson, as long as I never wear, have to wear overalls again in my yeah, life. Yeah, that's it. But he was in a bunch of movies. Wasn't he um, in Dreamscape? Was he the president? No, that was someone else. That was, uh, oh, that, was uh, Eddie that was Eddie Albert. That was Eddie Albert, yeah. I always get those white-haired guys mixed up. Yeah, from Green Acres. Yeah. Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Beep, 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 beep. You turn it off like right after the theme song. You're like, okay, buddy, it's been like, like. <laughs> keep me. New York is where I click. <laughs> I just adore a click. Darling, I love you, but get. <laughs> Yeah, make it through the theme song of uh, fucking Green Acres. That's hilarious. Dad, you're Zsa Zsa Gabor sounding like the queen. <laughs> I hate Hill Street Blues. I can barely make it to this do 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 click. Oh, the fucking theme song? <laughs> do 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 worst, do, do worst, Okay, so what is your all-time haunting theme song that you can't get rid of in your head? Is it that one? Probably. That would, that's, a high, that's high up there for sure. So There's some the, really great ones that stick in your head, and that's what they were supposed to be, right? They were supposed oh, to be I, jingles. I, I actually have a theme song for this movie. Working trash. <laughs> The, the Temptations did this, uh, their themes. Oh, in this movie, they got The Temptations? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking major TV. You see, back then, a TV movie wasn't, you, it, okay, rem, just flashback to 89. I know you guys remember. There right. was uh, Rabbit Ears, and, you know, the movie of the week was a big deal. What were you going to, you know, going out to the movies cost money. This shit was free when a good movie was on. You would spend, you know, Saturday night. Yeah, but the flip side is that they would have, like, such obscura. Like, this movie aired once. It aired once, right? Uh, yeah. And then but maybe, at a time when their viewership was, you know, tremendous. Yeah, but still, it's like, it's 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 here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, if I go, if I miss out on Close Encounters, eventually it's going to hit video in seven years, but it's going to be back, you know. 
with me on TV. Yeah, you're right about that. Like, I'm sure this plays somewhere. It has to. It's a property. It's it's a film. It's got stars. It's content. It can mm. build, it, you know, but. It's streamable. Yeah. Now, Ben Stiller, unfortunately, did not have the opportunity to look up her skirt. He was not low enough, and the skirt, you know, it didn't help that it was below, you know, the thaw, below the knee. So, um, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's yeah. what this movie's trying to tell us. Although that was a 14th take. <laughs> wow, look hey, how clean New here. York is. My God, look how clean New York is. I know that. Yeah. You did cut, and then everything's just back. There we go. <laughs> okay, so now there'll be a dumb comedic bit, which isn't funny. He's coming in dressed all richy, richy, rich. I suppose the bow tie in the shorts. Now he'll have to conceal it to Homer Simpson. Otherwise, it'll be clear he's got some source of income. Yes. So they're like going to be like, this isn't a Rolex watch. You see, it's a B. This is a fake watch. It's a Bolex. A Bolex watch. $7. See, it's a B. Oh, my God. Back when we still thought about watches. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, stick is over. And, what, and it wasn't worth it. Uh, some things in this movie are pretty good, but, and his comedic acting is all right, too. Wasn't there an Ali Bill episode where he was the judge, Dan Castanella, and it had to do with Bart Simpson, and people dressed up as Bart Simpson in the jury? That's no, I'm the only Ali McBeal. Am I the only Ali McBeal head here? <laughs> I guess. I remember Ali McBeal, but only because the girl I was dating, I liked it. I, I remember watching the final episode, and then when it ended, I said, "That's the end of that." <laughs> it can't. There's no war. Now there's this weird section in this movie. It doesn't make any sense. Suddenly, the secretary is extremely sexually attracted to Ben Stiller, uh, and Ben Stiller is either resisting or being oblivious, but he does like it. So he's going to fix the shredder. Oh no! That's yeah. That's going to ruin George Carlin's little streak. Right, because it'd be all shredded. This now, is not good. Yeah. Now, what's weird is we'll never, ever have anything between Ben Stiller and the secretary again. This is like a bit or something. Well, it's more about the shredder, right? You think, so, what are you, crazy? Yeah, right. Exactly. And he's going to start hitting it. Break, damn it. Oh, man, don't get me started about the fax machine. <laughs> Just the fax, ma'am. That's the worst fax machine when you put it in a shredder. You're like, oh, yeah. Fucked it up again. <laughs> I can't do anything right. It's Hello, Mr. Facts. Spiegelman. I received your fax, but it's all smushed up and scrambled. It's all in little spaghetti forms. It's, yeah. Did you mean for us to take for <laughs> spaghetti forms, Mr. Spiegelman? Okay. Damn it, I set my facts to shred. God damn it. <laughs> now there's not a shred of evidence of, of fact of factual evidence. There's not a shred of facts actual 
Evan. Okay, never mind. So okay. these guys are really ben, screwed. Ben Stiller's learning that George has been trading in in the, with Susan. So now he's like furious. You see how that happens in movies all the time? The elevator, you go yeah. through the elevator and it closes. You know the elevators don't work like that. Everybody knows that. It would have been funny what? if he put his hand in to try to like open the door and it took off his arm. That would have been. That funny. would be funny. Yeah, that's oh, like my spear. Yeah. Every time you put your wave your hand in front of an elevator, there's a part of you that go, "You are a fucking idiot," because it could close <laughs> on you right now. You know, like yeah, and then you're gonna go. That's gonna be like a Three Stooges film where your arm goes up and you go up, and yeah, yeah, slam. Yeah. Like it works fine in real life. I mean, TV. Now, this scene is like showing Ben Stiller how many people have profited from this, you know, like it sounds like, you know, all this insider trading, it means it's pumping money into the lives of people who need it. The George Wallace's kid has braces. Right. Of, you know, funding the church. God bless you, sir. You know. And, yeah. What is, is it done in the basement? Yeah. Weird basement. That's where so, I keep mine. M Mindy Sterling invited her over. Her character's really Catholic, really Catholic. Yeah, I, uh, they go, how many women do you have in your basement? And I go, none. <laughs> right. And it's not like they can't arrest you. You were being honest. Uh, totally. The only sex the preacher could have was none. Yeah, the only the only meat that the priest the priest could eat on Good Friday was on Good Friday. None. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> how many more? How many yeah. more none jokes can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Was it Stacy Keaton? Was his name? And Up and Smoke did the nun joke. The only sex the preacher could have. I think so. Sergeant Sedenko. Yes, Sergeant Sedenko. Poor Sergeant so Sedenko turned into a lizard. And, and uh that was kind of you know that was a really strong weed that was like the second or third one or whatever i think it was the third nice dreams the bride turns into a lizard and that was also in stephen king's uh thinner oh the guy gets so thin he turns into a lizard yeah like the 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 gypsies put a curse on all of them and this guy slowly turning into a reptile oh that's right yeah but our journey was with the thinner guy. Richard Bachman. From the mind of Richard Bachman comes the running man. It's a man who's running. Then later comes thinner. Ask us the plot. <laughs> <laughs> he gets thinner. He's you know, a nail kind of a nail on the head kind of guy, I gotcha. That thinner movie was um <laughs> oh man the greatest part was when he was like i'm gonna give you the curse of the white man from town i mean the whole movie is worth watching for that scene they laugh at him you know and he, yeah. he but he says it with such intensity and fury the second time around that the head gypsy guy is like oh shit <laughs> you know i just remember like the guy wore like this fat suit that was like and all fat suits mm -hmm. like he looked like he was a spawn clown or something Right. It it really was uh, obviously put on so that he could lose the weight, but if yeah. you suspend disbelief, 
So what's happening in our movie now is Ben Stiller's been con convinced, okay, this is for good reasons. So instead, I'm going to be the brain trust of our little group, and I will do all the investing. It's all completely legitimate. We can't insider trade never again. It's a so weird turn for the movie to take, but again, it's doing it. Well, he always wanted to be a broker, Carl. Right, and that's the point in the movie. It's going to prove that he can do it. <laughs> and he can, and he can bang Marie Callender, or whatever, whoever she is. Marie Callender. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love her pot pies. Yeah, my yeah, they're a little Philly, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so she was on the Fox Television series Twenty Four. Um, our love interest. Her name's Leslie Hope. Um, yeah, I remember her from some current, even current. Yeah, she looks pretty good there. Yeah, and she's she very better now, considering I guess because she looks really close to that now. Well, she's really done up though. I mean, she's got the perfect quaffed '80s hair and look yeah. at the makeup and you know just the tasteful earring and she's you know. Right. Look at the right. implied low cleavage. I Why are you guys not look at? You should be looking at Stiller with his puppy dog eyes. Whoa. What? Now she coincidentally was in Outrageous Fortune. Oh, our our uh, George Carlin movie. Yeah. I think people get cast all the time together. Especially in Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, right. Well, uh, so Carlin was a <clears throat> Crimson Peak, do you know that? It's the ghost yeah, movie. Yeah, sure. I like that movie. That's a haunted house movie. And Men at Work with uh the brothers. Yeah, the Estevez, Sheen. I just saw part of that the other night, and I'm like, I, I, I remember watching that so much on late night television. But then Did I only got up? about a half hour of it the other day, and I was like, I forgot all those. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching Loaded Weapon. I forgot that Emilio Estevez was a movie star. Right, he was. He's a film director, and his films aren't that interesting, but. He makes his, you know, he's able to get his little passion projects out. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, oh, we're going to redo uh, Mighty Ducks. And we have Emilio Estevez. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, score. Dizzy, Dizzy's reviving something I did. The scary thing is he's the most, uh, he's probably the more affluent Sheen Estevez there is now. Charlie Sheen. The only Charlie Sheen I know of is my, <laughs> the, the shatter at a spot called Charlie Sheen. Oh, really? Yeah. Cheddar? Nice. Mm. I think his best movie was The Sheening. The Sheening. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to like get you down to like three puns an hour, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's be real. Don't worry about Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen was in a sitcom called Anger Management for over 100 episodes. I'm not worried about the guy. <laughs> So right now, Ben is going to ask her to go to a gathering of the stock market, you know, their little group. And uh, it's basically a date. And the guy who's driving the cab, he's got to be a stand-up comedian or something. He's like, ask her on the date, pal. But I can't find him in my research. Oh, you know who that is? Who is it? can't tell. Hold on. I hear his voice. Friday night. Yeah, 
you know, if you can't make it, I understand. Because Freddie, I'd love to. What time? Sounds great. Congratulations. Now, can we get out of here? Let's go. Can we get out of here? Total, total New Yorker. Didn't look like Ben Bailey at all. <laughs> ben Bailey <laughs> from uh, that cab show? Cash cab? You know, I just, I hate to see him get typecast. Hey, I don't want to name drop. We follow each other on, on Twitter. I got to tell you, when I hear a, a voice like that, like, your ear goes, gosh, listen to that New York, right? And my right. my ear is like, yeah, it's you know, it's just a guy talking. It's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a normal, it's regular a... guy. Come on, can we go can we get going, please? Can we get out of here? <laughs> it's just a dude. Oh no. oh no. Look out. It's a Pratt fall. Get off me, you idiot. I'm so sorry. I'm using the remote. <laughs> a dustbuster. I understand technology uh, has some hiccups. Now, as far as this film goes, this scene is ill-placed. It doesn't advance the plot at all, and we've seen this before, right? Yeah, but it has so more Dan Castanetti in it. <laughs> okay. And now, they have to justify that budget for the siren light thing. Yeah, like, right. Or now, Buddy will give a big tip to, uh, but it's it's not insider training. It's just feels it in his cojones. Does he really say cojones? No, I think he uses the term California raisins. In living color the first year, and in living color the best of it, and living color will not be seen tonight, and so Fox can present a movie of the week. Cops will not be seen for the next four hours as right. Fox will present. <laughs> Married with children will not be seen tonight, so we can take a fucking breather. <laughs> yeah, for the makers of Beverly Hills 90210, it's Buddy Epson 80. Yeah. <laughs> BC, 90210 BC. What a good shot that is. The lighting, stand by the ship. Yeah. Oh, a little dance step. Hey, so, this director did easy money, man. Give us some credit. Right. Yeah. So this guy, no, he didn't do easy money. He did um, Back to School with Rock. Back to School. Oh, yeah, the other one. Better, in my opinion, Back to School, but. Okay, so now Clampett has given him. Uh, his hit not an inside information but he's investing in this you should too and it's going up so now we're having a very uncharismatic charismatic no screen chemistry at all lovey lovey thing between the two of them looks like they got caught right they got caught by bad guy who thinks he's rival love interest but she's not interested in him He's still wearing the Jenner suit. How funny is that? Like, are they generous during the day? Wouldn't they wait till after work? Uh, it's all over the place in this movie. They're they're laughing at his expense now, and uh, I don't know. It's flirt city. They, it's like it's inevitable they're going to be together, and they're liking it. 
He's just a janitor. Right, exactly. What the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> you piece of trash. You know, the trans you know that you're familiar with the Trans America building, right, in San Francisco? Mm -hmm. The one in Grand Theft Auto you could jump off uh, from? So there's a service entrance. I was catering there, and I wasn't allowed to go into the main entrance. I had to go to the service entrance. Uh -huh. So, I mean, like, if you're a janitor of this brokerage firm, I'm sure it's the same deal. So did you have to go, like, on one of those uh, lifts, you know, the um, uh, where it has to have an operator? No, I had to walk out of the lobby, walk around the corner, and go through another door, and then go up some staircase. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You were a servant. Right. I was a janitor. I was George Carlin janitor. Right. To, uh... Okay, so now we're beginning to learn about the pension fund is always losing money. Are we, are we sick of this film? <laughs> I am sick of this film. This film has nothing going on, and it's like not even 20 minutes into it. So let's talk about some of the people. Uh, sure. Okay, so I mean, there's no. We, we, we got to see like the hit squad or something. He's, you know, not enough violence for me. <laughs> violence. Hmm. No one's got hurt. Sometime in this movie, we'll have peril, the danger of violence, but no violence. Now, does someone get like a pie in the face? No. <laughs> I want you to tell me what movies your buddy from Star Trek's on because I want to know what, what movie that I'm remembering him from. Was he in Blade Runner? No, I know who you're thinking of. William oh. Sanders. I'm thinking of William Sanders. Okay, wait. I think Michael J. Pollard is this the guy we're talking about, our Star Trek connection. Right. Scrooge. He was in Scrooge. A big deal in that one. Okay, so that's maybe it. He was in Roxanne. He was in Dick Tracy. Oh, there it is, Roxanne. Roxanne. Okay. And they're laughing. <laughs> he's the one. He's the, he's the goofy guy from the fire station. He's one of the firemen. Yeah, the coolest credit is the Wild Angels, 1966. He was one of the riders, you know, one of the... Oh, Andrew Laughing is Carl's... Uh... Uh, Reiner's memoirs about being a TV writer, comedy writer, cool. like uh, on my show of shows. You know what? I'm going to watch it. I'll put it in my Netflix queue. Oh, no, don't do it. Then you're going to be like Spiegelman. Well, that, well, listen, don't. <laughs> I'll recommend don't movies. Think, yeah, you should, no, definitely recommend movies, but be serious. Think about the guy who's going to have to do it. You saw it once. You're like, yeah, you should see it. Man, I saw some garbage. <laughs> I never said it was going to be good. No, but it. that's what I mean. Like, have a little compassion, dude. <laughs> you don't have time. You got to mail it. You got to get right. the mail. You got to open up the mail. You got to put it into the. You mean I, when you actually say. Oh, you should see it. You yeah, and then Carl rents it. Like he rents the DVD, and then he like plays it. He finally gets the DVD, puts it in, and like two hours later, it's a terrible movie. Well, Carl's like the most optimistic movie goer. It's like you could watch this 131 minutes and 42 seconds and go, "Oh, there was a couple good, you know, lines by Buddy Up." <laughs> yeah, Carl is the I'm most like, optimistic. Really? Holy smokes, you are a champ. You're taking one for the team, literally and figuratively. Yeah. You are the most optimistic movie viewer. You've been re-watching Joker going, maybe this time, maybe this time. 
Nope. The thing is, you 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 say like, okay, we're doing munchies next week, and so it's like you just launched me on f- like four viewings of munchie. You know, at least oh. with Roger Corman, that's a bad example, right? There's other ones though. But think of all the movies collectively, just between us three. You can think of any guests that you have on from week to week. But, I mean, just think collectively, even between you two, how many really shitty movies you've watched in your lifetime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then you're nice enough, Mike, to go, hey, Carl, let's go back <laughs> and revisit it. Yeah, you should really check out T-Rex with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And then Carl wants to be like, No. So, what, have you guys seen the one with Whoopi Goldberg called Phone Booth? I've seen the, the telephone, directed by Rick Taylor. Okay, the telephone. Yeah, I have seen that. That's a, She's in the Marcadero uh, apartments, the old ones under the uh, the freeway, the Marcadero freeway. I have that on VHS, and it's just sitting there in a cabinet. Well, you have to watch it. It's uh, it's directed by Rip Taylor, the actor. Uh, Rip Torn, Rip Torn, the Rip actor. Torn, not Rip Taylor, yeah. Yeah. And she's on the phone. Fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Return, I Taylor. love him. Okay, Everyone but it's arrested him at his most. Oh, okay, wait, because Rip Torn is the guy from Sandling Show, right? Gary right, Taylor. he's already. But okay. Rip Taylor is the one that's over the top from like uh, whatever match game and all that stuff, right? He's, yeah, we no, watched him in the movie look, Chatterbox. Look what George Carlin did to his house, okay? Remember this oh, is the, the fountains and the lights. So Jersey. Is he from hey, Jersey? Man, that was a big budget for yeah. Clock back in. That, that's 1990 with LED lighting. <laughs> yeah. Now he I was making seriously fun of- doubt it was LED. I mean, we're talking a long time ago. Wow, fancy. Look, he looks like the Joker. The Riddler. Uh, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want that suit. Needs to have dollar bills on it, like that guy. Needs to have big old cannabis leaves on it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now the wife, she's a stand-up. She was like on Night Court once, and Seinfeld once, and Wings once. You know, she, she's one of. She she was on the nanny, you know, the diagnosis murder, L.A. law. She's been. She looked, be- she looked better before she dre- they dressed her up. Yeah, I thought so too. Except for that scene wow. in curlers. All right. Well, I, you know, I have a thing for those curlers from like Tony Orlando and Don. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bigger the curler, the bigger. Well, you know, I'm going with yeah. that. Look at that red cap, Cirque. Take your mega hat off, please. Yeah. <laughs> You're not at work right now. This is like Mar- Margot Lago. Wouldn't that be kind of funny to like screenshot that and put, you know, put a Mad- MAGA hat on him? Yeah. Mad- Even Michael J. Palmer. Look, I'm, I'm a his comedic point. Oh my God, this is a TV movie dragging it out to the stretching point. We'll throw in a musical number. Well, they're, they, they paid a lot of money for this party on screen, so they're going to have their party. They're going to have their party. It's all choreographed. Look how much. That's kind of cool. They literally just moved craft services to the middle of the set. <laughs> now, Fox they aired from eight to ten, right? And then they had local news. It was it was a little different from let's say uh, three hours of broadcast uh, television. And then the- well, right. everything did eight to ten, and then at ten o'clock there was like a lull until eleven late night shows. 
But they, even but say ABC and the networks would have a show at ten o'clock. But and Fox they stopped would. at ten, and then they yeah, had most of the time it was news. But then, like you said, there was late night Fox. There was things like um, uh, Chevy Chase. Arsenio. Arsenio. Arsenio was uh, syndicated. It was. Oh, that wasn't Channel 5, Fox? It might have aired on a Fox network, but it was, oh, okay. it was through syndication. Yeah, because out here in the Bay, it was on KBHK, Channel 44. There's the um, uh, Dancing Machine. What is her name? Pia? Pia Zadora? Pia? No, no. Pia. Remember oh. we did Dancing Machine, Carl and Mike's Party Machine? Mike? All right. Basically what's happening is the Riddler's up there and he's giving a big speech. We've made a lot of money. We have Ben Stiller to thank for it. And, you know, it's also the night in which Ben Stiller and, and uh, Susan will fall in love. It's just a great night for everyone. Nothing bad in sight. Which always, which always means everything bad insight. Yeah. It seems like a ripoff of Tower Heist. Did you see Tower Heist? Or the Tower Ghost Heist, Shake Deck? this came out very 1990. <laughs> this came out. It's, it's the same. They're, they're robbing from the rich. They're helping their... They're uh, not. They're investing. No, they're not. They're investing in the stock market. They are not robbing from the rich. No, they're going to take like a gold brick... Uh, car right pedal, and dangle then they it out yell. of a window literally all they did was put the tower heist on the ground that's all i'm saying and they're gonna mail a gold steering wheel to that retired guy and he's gonna cry when he opens it oh now i can retire alan alda well you should oh, yeah you get a little alarm it goes whoop, whoop, spoiler alert whoop, whoop, spoiler alert that's probably the best trump movie out there tower heist right because it was trump tower wasn't it yeah. I'm just so glad that Trump didn't put his name on the side of the White House. Was that actually considered? <laughs> like something he would. Yeah, he slipped that in there, right? Oh, and another news we're going to chase up. We're going to put Trump's name on the side. Of okay. As soon as he left, he put his, uh, his bedroom on um, Airbnb. So. Oh, yeah, right. Only been slept in once. They're getting some good mileage out of this nun, right? Like it's the third scene is nuns in. Right. Well, the thing is that there's the children's orphanage, and they've actually made a mortgage, and so he's giving her, her the check so that the it's owned free and clear by the church. That's great. What a great guy. What a great guy. Such an edgy movie. Yeah, so I guess it is a movie. It started off with like uh, credits, and then uh, was... <laughs> and it's actors still... and everything. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if our idea, our concept, is a good idea, Carl. You know, like some movies are just like, got to be kidding me. Like it's a good Bad idea because from the there's start. no there's no way you can watch this movie on your own. The fact that you did this a couple of times, you know, who wrote this movie? Uh, Corvidal. <laughs> um, this was written by three guys, Joe Kirkland, John Connolly, and David Luca. David Luca was the one who wrote uh, Eddie, but with Whippy Goldberg. Right. right. He wrote The House at the End of the Street with Jennifer Lawrence. I saw that film. I, it wasn't the greatest film, but he wrote it. and it, it was, was it a horror film? 
Yes, it had a twist at the end. It was like a psychological horror, not nothing metaphysical. It was uh, just a crazy guy. Gotcha. It's like the calls coming from inside the house kind of thriller. He wrote The Dream Team, which starred Michael Keaton, Christopher. Now, I like that movie. <laughs> That's the, like, they're crazy, but they're in New York, and they're in New York. Peter yeah. Boyle's in it. So now they're yeah, just going to fall in love, fall in love, fall in Despite the name of that movie, I lost a lot of basketball money on betting on them. The Dream Team, yeah. Yeah, they were not the same Dream Team. Their whole thing was they were trying to get to the city to watch a baseball game or a basketball game or something. And it, it was their adventure. To, it was more about the voyage than the destination. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, life. I don't think you can get away with a movie like that. They're crazy, Asterix. Uh, legally, you would like to state that. So wait, it's fading out, but we still have 27 minutes left of credits? No way. No, no we're not. We're it's just love, and the night is love, and everything is love. They bought a dolly. They rented a dolly for that night, and they need to use it. You can see the cameraman trying to escape. They could have totally, you know, jumped into a time machine and borrowed my my uh, my um. Uh, what is it called? Speaking of time machine, there's the World Trade Center. Oh, uh, look at that! Another night court scene. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. Twin Towers. We had a Twin Tower sighting. Oh, yes, they are. There they are. Oh, wait. Sorry. Twin Towers. Kissy, kissy. He's still wearing that outfit. Is he in the office? He's in the office. Yes. It's his job. It's Monday morning or some crap. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, there goes the collar. Now you can be like George. Now you be like George. So they're together and a couple now. I mean, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? The boss. The mob. The insider trading. The insider trading. She's gonna break it. Is she gonna discover that they've been inside trading? Bingo, and she's gonna think that it was him. And we know he's he's innocent of that. Yeah, it was George Harlan. Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. I told you never to come down in my little dark closet. Well, that's uh, right. Never, she's going to discover a classified memo. And then he's going to admit he did it once to save Ralph's life. Ralph Dawatsky, who is George Garland. Right, because he but, owes $6,000. Did I tell but, you I owe $6,000 to a book? Have I mentioned that I sold? Yeah, that's the 6000 Okay, George, please, George, George. Please turn to page six of the script. Yes, Mr. Carlin, you'll note it. I owe $6,000. <laughs> correction. Please pop collar and repeat after me. Yeah, I owe 6000 Continue, George, continue. Dollars to the... Sorry, I had to flip the page. Get him back. So Ben Silver became a big deal, right? So he did his TV show, which I always liked, but it was very inside. Like, well, there's the confidential envelope that should have been shredded. Yep, exactly. Now she knows something. His back was turned. Uh, 
just changed her mood. Something's going on. Mr. Alda, you ripped off the pension. What about everyone who works in the basement of the tower? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck up, kid. But there's no parallels. It's like, that show is great. It's like, I, I got to get all the people back together. We're going to heist. I wonder where they're working. I'm working at Shade Shack. I'm working at the M&M store. I'm working at Planet Hollywood. All right. Now that we visited those locations, it's time to continue with this movie. <laughs> we collect cast members like trinkets in a uh, treasure hunt. Or what is it called? Yeah, treasure hunt. What, what's it yeah. called? When you go out scavenger hunt. What is it? Scavenger? Scavenger hunt. Thank you. That's National Treasure? Well, look at that. The National computer has a ticket tape on it. Now they're having their first fight. Is that the right way to say it? She's learning about she the, you know. Like she's sitting there popping birth control pills like M&M's. Right, and a cigarette. That's the best way to wash them down. <laughs> the supposed to, this director's way of saying, I don't care. Get lost. Oh, she's gone cold. He's gone cold. Oh, they really didn't care. She has one of her little locks sticking down weird. That would have hurt me. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. Get that fucking, oh, excuse my language, get that lock thing off. Come on. Harlan's not here. We can finally think. It's a piece of quiet. <laughs> In 1989, Sheila wrote and appeared on Saturday Night Live as a featured performer. All right, Carl, you're scuba diving. You're scuba diving, Carl. Oh. I'll plug into the router. You keep talking. Okay. I'll that plug into the router. That was way better. So, okay, 1989, I don't know. I was about as, about as busy as Ben Stiller. Back in 89? Yeah, what was I doing in '89? I was working at a at a deli called Jan's Manhattan West. Huh. I guess I guess that was West California. Yeah, like as in West Coast. Yeah, she was from Manhattan apparently, so she had to come out here and try to do foo foo, try to do a, a Manhattan deli in California in 1989. It was I never understood that. Yeah, didn't work. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Well, because it's like, just make sandwiches. You know, it's funny because I did a, a, did a storytelling show a couple of weeks ago and I told yeah. this about that place. Just remember, I, yeah, the formative years. What were you doing in 1989, Mike? Where'd he go? I don't know. Okay, Carl, what were you doing in 1989? I was living in Manhattan in a five-story walk-up at York and 78th Street, and it was a great time, great time in my life. Making music, trying to be a rock star. <laughs> what happened? What happened to that place, Carl? Why'd you throw it away? What? What? I didn't throw anything away. <laughs> Why'd you ruin it? Why, what happened to your dreams, Carl? 
Oh, that's oh well. Uh, in 1990, mom was like college, college, and I was like, but I, I college, college, fucking okay. And I moved home to Montclair, New Jersey. Nice. Yeah, and then we hung out. Yeah, that's right. We yeah. started fish burgers. Yeah. <laughs> 91, 92, something like that. I guess Kroll started it. Okay, anyway, what's going on right now is he's discovered them snooping around, trying to figure out how he's siphoning off the the uh, pension fund, and basically he's going to fire them because he's caught them. Carlin's like, what we're doing, sir, it's, it's called pre-cleaning. You see, <laughs> we... <laughs> Preemptively, you know, he's always on. George Carlin. Yeah, I mean, like Carlin, like he had a, a sitcom on Fox, right? It was like yeah. he had a show called Carlin's Corner, and then it was like the George Carlin show. And it's amazing, like you forget the legacy of these comedians that they've done plenty of television shows and plenty of sitcoms. You just don't remember, you know. Yeah, it's strange because that used to be the natural progression of things. So before you were known, you had to get your set on Johnny Carson, then you had to be called over to the couch, and then you got your sitcom. You look at people like Tim Allen with Home Improvement. Right. Well, I think of Freddie Prince Jr. Or Freddie Prince, I should say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chica and the Man. It was based off of Carlin's uh, stand-up set. But then, you know, you hit your prime, and it's like, by the time Carlin had his shows, it didn't matter if it succeeded or not. If anyone remembered it, it was product, you know. It yeah, wasn't. Was some people, I, think some, I think some people, you know, like most of the time, you think of these people, they they take the stuff from their act. Um, you know, like everybody loves Raymond. All that stuff was supposedly, you know, from his act, from his yeah. joke. You know, you take one joke and you turn it into an episode. So in the right. George Carlin show, he was a New York City taxi cab driver. That's always going into a bar. Didn't he have like a family as well? Yeah, or like family he was like a, he lived in a like a your typical walk up in New York City kind of thing. It's gotcha. Sharon was his is his daughter, right? Shelly Sharon. Kelly. Kelly. His actual daughter, Kelly Carlin, is his daughter Kelly. in that show. Gotcha, Kelly Carlin, that's it. Oh, right, well. She's out there today. Yeah, yeah. she's doing her own podcast. And yeah, matter of fact, our, so is our buddy. Our buddy has moved from New York out to Patrick. LA. Patrick Pat Carlin? Yeah, I'm still here. He went to Los Angeles? Yeah, he moved to LA. Um, yeah, the, his his wife of 60 years passed away in March. I oh think. wow! So Marlene Carlin was like the greatest lady you'll ever even hear about. But anyway, so she passed away in March. He moved out to LA. Now he's doing his own podcast. It's called um, Patrick's Hollywood Stock Connection, <laughs> and you can get it on SoundCloud currently. All right. His first, his first episode was out a couple weeks ago, and it was basically um, on George's birthday. Oh, very cool. Yeah, you, well, you had a show. The great title he has because he's from Woodstock. So it's right. Hollywood stock. 
Right. And he's stalking celebrities. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard the stalk part. He is. It's, it's kind of cool. He has like three different segments of a show. One is basically where he's talking to you from. Well, one, he's kind of talking about him and his wife and their their travels. And then the second part he does from a place that it's called the Old Stoner Cafe, which is basically where he used to do our show from. Uh-huh. And it's more of a, it's not a longitude and latitude, latitude kind of place. It's kind of a state of mind place. Yeah. But of course. Yeah. So uh, I have The Old Stoner Cafe was in Woodstock, but it's also on the West Coast now, so... I, I have to interrupt for the plot. I just got to let you know that what's happening now is uh, they've made a lot of money and they've been noticed. So the like stock market TV show is interviewing them. And that's a big embarrassment to uh, uh, our bad guy. And they're doing yeah. it right in the basement where, you know, they're fired janitors, but, you know, it's the same day. Money talk. So they were able, they got fired, but they were able to stay on the floor to interview in a suit. No, um, like they got fired. So they went downstairs, cleaned out their lockers, and this reporter showed up and is interviewing them. And all the Wall Street guys watch this show every day. So it's a big spit in the face to bad guy. See, this is the Ben Stiller I know, all dressed in black. Yep. All right, gentlemen, rest these gentlemen. Get these men out of here. Rest these gentlemen. <laughs> now I'll embarrass you even further because you're on TV. Oh, no TV. And oh, that. Clampett loves it because his son, his uh, family, I don't know, nephew or whatever he is, is getting embarrassed. It's embarrassed. I secretly approve. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. I mean, Dad. So now what they're finding out is they're all bummed out because the Shell Corporation he's been funneling the pension money into and he's made loans against it. They're now going to buy the stock firm. And that means it's over. He's won. He'll own the whole building. Oh, no, not the whole town. Stock, stock and barrel. <laughs> yeah. He will have he will have the company lock, stock, and barrel. That looks like Cranston. A little bit. Hey, foot zones, finally, some Gen X jokes. Remember when the foot zones were on TV all the time? Yep, it was great. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know if it was great. It was just like filler in content, but it got into our brains and now we like it. Well, now I have to, like, I chose it. So every time, like, I see a Free Pebbles commercial, I stop what I'm doing. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Watch them smoke a Winston. Oh, in black and white, even though it was a color at the time. They just figured, like, people still have black and white TVs, so you might as well keep the commercial in black and white. Mm-hmm. That was historic. Do you remember the like, party? He's like, come on, Fred, fuck this shit. Let's go have a smoke. <laughs> Are we away from Wilma? Uh, are we away from uh, Betty? Winston tastes good like a boulder shed. Barney? Oh, got caught by the missus. Just trying to have a Winston here. 
<laughs> so love interest now finds out that everything was on the up and up. He wasn't doing any insider trading. Bad guy's a really a bad Great. guy. And so she kisses Great. him on the cheek. And now oh, allies. Happy day. Nothing's happened in this movie, Carl. Well, there's no way to stop bad guy, but I, I know a way. I know a way. Why don't we get the stock price to plummet? Okay, then we can buy it for cheap and he'll have to sell because he's mortgaged like crazy. Yay! Let's get the stock price down. Now this movie's got an act three. <laughs> a moment too soon. I sat through so many commercials for a living color. I really just want to get to the ending of this movie. <laughs> Man, you just, you're nailing it. It's, it's 1990 in living color. Right. Follow, with all new married with children, followed by duets. Duets. Fox bet a lot of money. It's it's the Gary Shandling show reruns. Taken from Showtime. Right then, like, Fox showed, like, Gary Shandling show, even though yeah, there was, it was, time. like, it wasn't a syndicated deal. It was like a, they just bought, you know, like AMC playing the Sopranos. They just right. paid they, them a bunch of money. They might have done some new episodes for Fox, but it was just weird. Yeah. Ben Stiller show was only 13 episodes. 90 right, to but, but I'm telling you, like, people know, like, three bits from that show, which is fine. But if you watch all 13 episodes, there's a point where they just have the supporting cast do, do most of the legwork. Mm. Which is fine if, if you're a fan of Andy Dick, you know. Yeah, that's right. Andy Dick, uh, Bob Odenkirk, who I missed, Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Um, it was on MTV and then Fox. Now, he was on SNL in 89. He was a featured performer. However, since the show did not want him to make more short films, he left after four episodes. So it was Crazy. really short-lived. He made well, short so films that they would air, and they were like, you know what, Ben? No more of those. And he yeah, was no like, fine, I quit. Well, the humor of like, the, the Ben Slur show would be like... Uh, Winston Kincaid from the Partridge family is the, the manager of U2. So if you know the, the Partridge family and you know that YouTube video, the combination is really funny. But if you don't know those references, you're just, you're just <laughs> not going to, you know, you're just going to look at that. Okay, now look, see, he's on the ledge. He is. He's claiming that he's going to commit suicide because the firm ruined him. And that's a way to make the stock price plummet. It's a big plot they have. Oh, so he's faking it like he, this is on purpose. Right. And you, he doesn't really want to die. So that's why all the exaggerated, funny, funny stuff. Right. The cameraman's like, I'm union. I'll stick it out the window once and then that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to get myself in trouble. So Austin Powers Lady is spreading rumors. Yeah, he's up there on the ledge right now. I hope this doesn't hurt the stock price. Smart people nice. will get out quick. This is Hello, totally I need to get out quick. Look at that police car, man. It's so, I know you guys, you grew up here, Mike. It's so yeah. 89. Yeah, you got, well, it looks very important. It has the important antenna sticking out of it. Yeah. You know it's a cop car when it has like the important antennas. Like that, that antenna looks important. 
We're right, so video bye. contact, buddy. Bye, bye, sell, sell, bye, bye, buy, sell, buy, sell, sell, bye, bye, buy, sell, sell, sell. Well, they're all doing the sell right now. That's what oh, right. on the street in this movie world. It's just not a reality. Uh, Why do they get the fire engine? Because they're going to make it house. jump into a hoop. Yeah, that looks dangerous. So Bro, look at that room. Look at all the lights in that room, but it, yet it's dark. Yeah, I know. So that was, that was bad guy, and he's like feeling the pressure now. The stock price is starting to plummet. Which one's going to hit rock bottom first? The stock or George? <laughs> The Carlin is plummeting. Sell. So that was where he is like 89 is what the hell am I doing in New Jersey? Probably his greatest album. Right. So that's the peak of it. Oh, he's a father now. Yeah, that's right. So what happens is in the end, it comes down to like, George, you've got to jump or the stock won't price won't plummet far enough. That's that's this world, writer's world. Right. They're blowing up the jumper thing. Like a real stuntman. I always feel like when movies have like, they, they blow up the thing in the bottom and then the guy jumps, I go, at least, you know, the stuntman is safe. You know, they already established that there's something at the bottom so they don't have to fake it. You know, mm-hmm. usually when they fall off a building and there's nothing underneath, they got to pretend like he hits a roof of a car and shit like that. Right. But but if you set up that there's like a big spongy thing to jump on, right? Then it's a safer stunt to begin with because the scene calls for it to land on it. Makes me feel at ease. God bless the stuntmen and the the work they do for this country. For working trash? Man, let's give it up for all the stuntmen and working trash. The guy who gets pushed aside, the guy who on the ledge. We're ruined. Not yet. He didn't jump. (laughs) Boy, this film sucks, man. I love George Carlin. Yeah, it's good to see George Carlin. And I guess it's another Ben Stiller movie I, I now see. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it's something I had to see once. We're not even done with this movie, and we're very eulogizing it. Well, he's like, that's a good point. He's like, um, you know, I'm too young to die. And he's like, you gotta, you gotta. And the wife is like, you've gotta jump. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I went to, um, uh, where did they do the 1980 Olympics? I went there and right. they had this thing where you could jump, it would go up three stories and you jumped into one of those things. So I was like, boys, don't be scared. You know, you're going to be safe, blah, 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 blah. So they said, fine. So I went up and I got to the third floor and the thing was a fucking postage stamp. Oh my God. I did jump, but from the second story, I was too scared. Yeah, I don't even know if I would do three stories. I don't think we're missing hilarity, guys. I've seen this a bunch of times. 
There we go. Can hold his nose. See, now the stuntman is safe. Yeah. Gary Busey. <laughs> Gary Busey. Hell, need him. Dalton, uh, what was the guy's name in Once Upon a Time in America? Rick Dalton. I could never, I could. Carlin's on, Carlin's on a roll. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was able to squeak one joke out of this episode. So the bad guy, his name is Jack Blessing. He was in Evans Gate. Never heard the most. Underwater, Carl. Underwater? Damn, I'm yeah. plugged in. Are right, you sound better? The uh -huh. bad guy was in Hamburger, the motion picture. We saw that. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Especially the ending. They all eat. <laughs> he, was in, he was in Uncle Buck, Talladega Nights, Megamind, Children of a Lesser God, Heaven's Gate. He's, he's, he's an actor. Yeah. We won. Kissy, kissy. Kissy, kissy. Can you believe this? Now let's get the criminals out to jail. Right. Now he's. Another big New York accent guy we just missed. You're ruined. And your love interest is kissing your rival. And then uh, look how crestfallen he looks. tells him to stick it up your ass or something. So are they now the janitors? They're now the janitors. Yeah. They switch roles. But in prison. Oh. Uh-oh. Prison joke. Oh. They got the oh, buffer. Yeah, we, we've got this buffer out until noon today, so we might as well use it. Yeah, might as well use it. Let's do Bring it to the prison set. So now here we are in the stockholders meeting of the new company that they just bought. Stupid and stupid. George Wallace. Look at, where's his red hat? There's Michael Senior. Look at the whole Tower Heist gang is here. That's right. Yeah, aren't we great? Yeah. We did it. We tower heisted. We right. Stayed. Yeah. We will soon go on to Austin Powers, Mary. Yay. Yay. Just three more years. No, yeah, right. That was in like 96. She was also the crazy sitter. Well, I see. I don't know that. Let's see. Um, I've never seen the movie. I just know the credit. First shout out to her, born in Patterson, New Jersey. She was on that. Right, like Zach and Cody, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Sweet. I like that show. She was on Chowder, that cartoon. Um, she's like a Groundlings. Like, she's like a big Groundlings person. What, what's Groundlings? Is that a show? Yeah, no, like an improv troupe. Oh. In Los Angeles, they have like classes. It's a, it's a big deal. Will Ferrell is one of the original Groundlings. I think. Lorraine Newman. He was on iCarly. Okay, so they're essentially winning now. Oh, that rice. Back I, when you could throw rice in the street. No, it's not a wedding. It's 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 confetti. Snowy? It's ticker tape thing. You, oh, it's New York ticker tape? Well, ticker tape what is a long. The days before head and shoulders. <laughs> Was there an astronaut in town, like driving a convertible? Well, before we can answer that, we did it. We watched Working Trash with the dollar sign. 
uh, with Carl and our good friend, Paul Brumbaugh. Carl, uh, yeah. Paul, thank you so much for being part of our show. We were anxious to have you on. What did you think of tonight's movie? It was definitely worth a watch. I mean, it's definitely working trash, right? I don't know about the dollar signs. They, I guess they had to put a dollar sign somewhere, right? <laughs> Make it less generic. Carl, do you agree? Do you think this is a good movie? I think, like Paul said, it was worth the watch, you know, just so you can see a bit of George Carlin and what's happened. But uh, it wasn't a good movie, but I don't know. Fox liked it. They spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. I just thought it was terrible. But, yeah, I guess it's right. It's another Carlin ben, uh, Stiller movie to, uh, to check off my checklist. Yeah. Well, that was it. We have nothing good to say about this movie, but we are going to be back next week. Uh, we do this every week. Uh, as we mentioned before, our podcast name is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Uh, we also have a fantastic YouTube channel uh, under that acronym. Yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube where we always update our movies. Next week, we're very excited to pick a movie that just came out, but like 20 years ago. It's my super ex-girlfriend. <laughs> with uh, Very cool. Yeah, with uh, Uma Thurman as the super ex-girlfriend, and then Owen Wilson, of course, as the guy who's the lead of the story. Uh, we we have opinions of this movie. It's on YouTube. We want to watch it. Uh, here, I don't have the trailer, but I could I could pretend I do. Uh, okay. Hey, buddy. I heard you're dating women. Oh, Rain Wilson, bugger off. Women are good. Hi. You should hit on that woman. All right. Hey, uh, I noticed you're on the bus by yourself, Teehee. Oh, no, she's a psycho, and she's a superhero. Yeah, oh, there goes exactly. my car. Yeah, it's orbiting. Yeah, uh, that's all I have. She's a psych. Women are psychopaths. I wish I knew that. Yes, it's a story for every man in the room. It's my super ex-girlfriend. <laughs> yes, she's this. a superhero, but it's not her story. It's Owen Wilson's story. It's my super ex-girlfriend. It's not the not the superhero. No, it's my super ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Right, it's for the guy's point of view. The end, rated G. Rated G. <laughs> Suitable for all toxic men. I can't wait to watch that. Now, tomorrow, next time, Celebrity Comedian Countdown is very cool because it will star a co comedian who was in the movie. Oh, that's great. So we'll get some insight from someone who is actually there. That's really that's cool. Right. All right. Well, so that's our movie next week, Super Ex-Girlfriend, uh, Ivan Redman for Jam uh, from 2006, I, I believe. Uh we want to thank Paul Brumbaugh for being part of the show. Paul's spirit is one of the reasons why we strive through uh, years of our show. Yeah. Uh, we've enjoyed being part of a, a lineup that included Paul. Uh, Paul, where can people find you? Where can people hear you? I know you're out there. Yeah, the best thing to do, all roads lead back to paulbrumbaugh.com. You can mm -hmm. check out my touring schedule. Plus, wherever the edge of insanity may be played in your neighborhood. So there that you go. That sounds great. All right, so Paul Brumbaugh, check it out. Uh, CarlSucks.com is where Carl is, and you can find me at Spiegelmania on YouTube, on the uh, Twitter. Uh, we want to thank Pam Benjamin for making uh, our Mutiny Radio show happen, and Mutiny Radio itself is worth a visit, and uh, make it part of your life. Just subscribe to the podcast. Or they're part of the show, and check out the live shows that happen on the station. Uh, well, that's it. So, Carl, thank you so much for your research. Uh, audience, thank you so much. Toodaloo! Toodles. Let's watch a full length 
song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and lace champagne tickles my nose. I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length Take a break from the social isolation and come out to All Jokes, the daytime outdoor comedy show at All Good Pizza in Bayview on Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Where Drea Myers hosts a super funny lineup of comedians. Grab some brick oven pizza and enjoy the show in an outdoor courtyard with plenty of room to be physically distanced. See you soon at All Good Pizza for this tremendous outdoor comedy show at 1605 Gerald Avenue in the Bayview. That's all jokes at Good Pizza with Drea Myers, Saturday, August 22nd at 3 p.m. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> my name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, Disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. I am Italian. 
then we brought you Fascismus with Mussolini, and before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at AnalogSubmission.com. Welcome to Strictly Bad Vibes, your personal complaint department. Uh, what, what the hell are we talking about? Um, whiny people and their stupid complaints that we requested they send us. Why do we do this? Why, why are we <laughs> None of which matters in this equation because it is his choice to carry such horse shit on the fucking train. And he was yelling. He was like, move that bitch, move that bitch. And, uh, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't. I'm just not. I'm not moving it, you know? I've arrived. Why should I move? I don't like what work has been giving us at our free lunches. One one five three four zero.
one nine seven six, and it does not spell anything. One one five three four zero one nine seven six. Go for it. Call in, guys. Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please, please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo, Mutiny Radio, all one word, just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. That song is called Acid and Fapping. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor.
Oh, like little cherubic angels singing my name. <laughs> Welcome to Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube. <laughs> Unfortunately, better known as, by its acronym, Carl, help me out. L W A F L M O Y T. Thank you. You, you. you actually helped me out. And uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I am here with Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, La Waffle Mott. I am here and ready to go. La Waffle Mott. I never do that. <laughs> I also never knew the expression feature length movie, which is probably what we should have called the show. In the, but you know what? Let's move on. Carl, we're going to watch a full length movie and on YouTube and listen to our podcast. What movie are we watching today? Wait, wait, wait. What's our Twitter ha Twitter feed and handle? And what's the oh, RSS hashtag? And what's the YouTube? The RSS is HTTPS <laughs> colon uh, slash slash forwards. Uh, no, it's a uh, check us out. We are we stream live on uniradio.fm, live being a live stream of our pre-recorded broadcast. And uh, we want to thank Pam Benjamin, the manager. And we're on Sundays at 2. We follow a show called The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. You can find him as a podcast as well. His show, The Edge of Insanity. Yes. Uh, you can find our Twitter handle at LWAFLMOIT. Our YouTube channel is LWAFLMOIT. Our Facebook page is Let's Watch a Full Length Movies on YouTube. Uh, and you can find our blog spot at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. They miss any of them. Uh, no, you said yes, we have a Twitch account. We have a Twitch account, L W A F L M O Y T. You guys played two minutes of Yakuza on it, and then my PlayStation 4 broke. So maybe that footage is posted. I don't know. Yeah, it could be karma. It is karma. My PlayStation 4 broke during the pandemic. Yeah, I know. That sucks. Whoa. I have to play my PlayStation 3. <laughs> Are we uh, well, you know what? today? What are we watching, Mike? Still playing. Oh well. Okay. All right. All right. Carl, what are we watching? Oh, you know what? Let me answer that question. We were watching my favorite movie of all time, a movie I've seen a million times, a movie I am so glad it's on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. We are watching Meatballs Three from 1986, 85, Okay, well, oh, the search engine you put in Meatballs, I-I-I, Summer Job, 1987. Yes, it's also, I think, I don't know. I mean, I know, well, I do know that Meatballs 4 was originally Ski Lounge, mm -hmm. ski, Water Ski Academy, or something like that. It, it may change the name, but uh, this one has a subtitle, Summer Job. Uh, it's brilliant. So go ahead and uh, what channel is hosting this, Carl? Uh, we're going to watch 80s, 90s movies. Eight zero apostrophe s okay. space eighties nineties movies. Ooh, all right, multi uh, characters, and then we'll go, let's go ahead and do it. So, uh, you go ahead, and click that link, and hit pause immediately. Set your uh, little bar to zero zero zero. Buffer. We're going to do a countdown. Let it buffer, and then uh, we'll do a countdown. And when you hear the magic word go, go ahead and click play. And speaking of magic, mm. holy cow! Mm. He's still alive. Give it up to the one and only, the maestro of the descending numerals, Mr. Countdown King himself. Uh, the world don't move to the beat of just one brum. Let's get ready to brumba, Paul Brumba. Mr. Sunday Afternoon, Paul Brumba. Paul Brumba. Wow. 
thank you very much for that great intro, Mike. I really, you know, you keep adding monikers to me, man. I'm going to have more aliases than they do at the police department for me. So I really appreciate that. Um, and it looks I like we're, we're really hanging with that. We're still hanging with those people at the 80s and 90s movie channel. Those guys are cranking out the good um, ones on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Full disclosure, we've probably done about all their movies on stock. It's a great channel, and it has some great movies on there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we're doing another one from them. So, uh, Mr. Sunday Afternoon, will you please uh, give us the pleasure of the countdown? All right, guys, you know the drill. Let's do this in true Corona lockdown style. Let's do this in three, two, one, boom. There it is. All right, international video entertainment. I wow, pictures. So that wasn't even cutting edge in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, look at this! It's the movie store. Oh, I feel like I'm in like a porn booth in '82 or something. Drop a quarter. I think this film <laughs> did come out in '86, but our search it claims '87, but. I don't know. It was filmed in July '84. It came out in '86, uh, and this movie's all about Canada. Everything is Canada. Was was Meatballs One in Canada or Meatballs Two in Canada? No, it but was like upper, it was actors. Meatballs One or Meatballs was in uh, upstate New York. Okay. By the way, yeah, were you ready for the sound? Oh, that's funny. Say again. Are you ready like, for the 50s and 60s? Yeah. I'm going to turn yeah, down my mind. Sorry, guys. We're opening up in like a flashback, of course. Oh, okay. A flashback in two, right? I'm going to say like no, it's right okay. out of the 50s or something. Yeah, it's the 50s. Oh, right. So the flashback is in the 50s. But the truth is, this is what they it's not. It's a nostalgia place. What outrageous. That would never happen. And here's our I like stuff. Johnny Rockets. Oh, look there at it. There it is. Younger. It's a young Mc, it's a young McDreamy. Yep. Patrick Dempsey. That's exactly right. <laughs> Mr. Gray's Anatomy himself. So that that looks like the exact What year did uh Can't Buy Me Love come out? Same time? Oh, good question. Right. Yes. Good good point. He was a Stars and teenage comedies at this point. Yep. And that, because that was literally about the same era where he broke through. Yeah, well, he did another movie. I don't movie think where it was Meatballs was... 3. I'm sorry, Mike. He did another. I, I, didn't, I don't think it was Meatballs 3 that broke him through. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did a movie where it was like based on a true story where he was like a teenage Romeo to wives in World War II whose husbands went off to fight. And he would go like deliver milk or something, and he was known for like controversy yeah. for sleeping with their wives. Service. He served yeah. his oh, country. That's funny. That's also that's also that's also like the other one he did. Didn't he do the one with the? Wasn't he in not Mystic stuff? One where he's fucking everybody. He's having sex with all the older ladies <laughs> when he's delivering people. Yeah, it was like a pizza butt. Maybe that's the movie I'm thinking of, but uh, I know I, he was in that for sure. So now, what was, like, oh, what was that? He had to make money. He had to make money for something. He had to earn money for something. 
And so he was he was a male gigolo delivering pizza. I think he was trying to get money for condoms to fuck uh, wives whose uh, husbands were fighting World War Two. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the parallel of a lot of them. But anyway, so that's about the same era, right? <clears throat> yeah. But okay, yeah, I don't know what happened. With you know what we got set that. up is Rudy, and he's supposed to be the Rudy from the original um, Meatballs one. Uh, just got outed. Oh, okay. He's in the corner being nerdy and horny, and then like they did this contest to make him look like a fool. Like a sexy girl came up to him. So basically, we just established he's a nerd and he can't get laid. And he's in the first movie. He's, he's a little boy in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rudy. Interesting. Because yeah, that's the only the one connection. That, he's, the one that, uh, he's the one that. Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, Bill Murray's character. Well, he was he under was Bill Murray's wing. He was the nerd kid. Right. And Bill Murray brought him out of his shell. And right. Okay, so. Now he's like, oh, a sexy girl's going to sit next to me, and he's slighted. So it's just another, he's a nerd who'll never get laid set up. As he's off to his The credits said, and introducing Patrick Dempsey. So this is his first movie. Yes, it is. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh You know, he's as much a race car driver as he is an actor, really. In real life? What's that? He's a race car driver? That's right. Seriously. It's probably because he gets uh, chased by veterans of World War II, pissed off that he slept with his wife when he was younger. <laughs> I have to go see what movie that is. Yeah, I guess I didn't. That one didn't interest me in my research. I only pulled out Bridget Jones' baby, Sweet Home Alabama. He was the mayor, right? Outbreak, Scream Three, and Can't Buy Me Love. You've brought up. And there were other two other '80s ones, the ones you describe, and I didn't write them. Hey, so do you think in Scream Three he played himself? <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't <laughs> say as himself. <laughs> That's funny. So now we have a, something that never pays off. The guy's like, "Here's a joint, my man." He drives off. Wow, that's cool. What a hit the place. He has a tree in his trunk. We never see this joint. He never smokes it. It's not the movie fart. It never pays off. He throws it. Is he in the Humboldt? No, so this is Canada. Yeah, this is uh, shot in Canada. And it's uh, Ontario. I've got it here. So here it is. Petersboro, Ontario and Hudson, Quebec. Wow. Scanning the globe. And so the, so the premise is he's got a summer job. He's a nerd who's horny and reads pickup books. Right. And his summer job is at a outrageous bar dock. Dock bar. Mm-hmm. Dock bar. Exactly. Now, the thing is, it's... For bikers. Right. This is the first Meatballs movie that doesn't take place in a summer camp. The summer oh, job. Cool. Some of us are not privileged, Carl. Some of us can't just. Some of us have to work for the summer. (laughs) Like that guy, Seamus McRooftop. Look what happened. Whoa. Whoa. 
That's why they're always fixing the roof. Oh, because yeah. someone in the attic is going to run out. Yeah. Okay, so here's what's up. He just found out the guy who hired him for the summer uh, left. And there's a new owner named Mean Gene. But don't look at his girl. And there's his girl. Oh, right. No, I was looking at it. I was like, hey, runt, you know. Oh, no. Guess what? I just realized. I've seen it. <laughs> Yo, you saw it. Good. Yeah. A lot to see. It's a great it's movie. Just, I guess it was all the years, all the years back, plus all the all the fun times in between. Now he's mean to the owner, and he's going to play into the whole plot, as you probably remember. But he's not really known for anything. He he voiced the Beast in the X Men animated series. That's his other credit. That's it. Right. His line was, here's your coffee, Wolverine. Right. <laughs> Had him listed as craft services. Now, in this movie, he does his job. He's like, hey, I'm a meanie. And then later he softens. You know, he, he plays his role. But right. anyway, what we're setting up here is this is going to suck. This is my boss. They don't recycle. Did you see that? He just bit the glass off and threw it on the ground. They're not woke, Michael. They should. They're he should have spat into the garbage, into the uh, recycle bin, the blue bin. That's see, what... I could have got in the blue bin. That's that's <laughs> You're not sleeping in this good place. You're out in the crappy shed. Oh. And Rudy just takes it. Yeah, well, you know, his boss is named Mean Gene. You know. Telegraphed up front. Understood. Now, this is so far out in the sticks. This is in the United States and not in Canada, even though it's so Canadian. All the actors are from Canada. Right. This is supposed to be the United States? Yeah. Are they in Georgia? They don't say where they are. It's sort of like any town, shore place. But a southern any pla- uh, shore place. I don't know. I mean, they're speaking standard English. I I don't think it's southern. Yeah. You know, this looks a lot like Marin, right, Paul? Does you think? Like it looks like Sausalito. It looks a lot like Marin, like back yeah. in the eighties. You think it was like that? They had all these bikini it girls. Looks like, and, you know, it looks like it looks like a what is it, Lake Beer area? <laughs> Look, it's kind of has a Jersey Shore moment. It also reminds me of um, what is it? One crazy, one crazy summer. With oh, I love one with, crazy. Uh, yeah, no, Cusack. Not yeah, he is in that one. You're absolutely right. And uh, it has uh, Bobcat and uh, uh, the late Tom Villar from Swift too. Well, this is nice. This um, is what they show in the train. Bobcat he, like, girls is movies. so hilarious. In one crazy summer? Bobcat. Oh, he's jerking off. In one crazy summer, it's him and the other guy or something. 
his comedic partner. Yeah, his name is Tom Villard. Tom Villard. Now, look, now we get he was, uh, weird he... and embarrassed stuff, but we meet a key player. All right. Oh, sexual. It is sexual. We'll have more sexual with the pump in a moment. Here she is. This is Wendy. She likes Rudy, but Rudy is too blind to see, you know, she's just some nerdy girl. Oh, sorry. That's exactly right. We're being. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Right. So the hero's going to want a sexy girl, but in the end, he'll make the choice for love. Right. Oh, uh, what a waste. Get out of here, run. I'm glad you said All right. Why don't you come over my house Jesus. later, if I got nothing better to do? <laughs> He's a wharf rat, right? Is that the yeah. term? Yeah. He's happy it's a date. It'll be your first time online. I push around. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say the, the wharf rat's like, let's go on a date. It'll be the first time I've been on land for a while. <laughs> no, she's a sure. land. She's so, she doesn't live. No, no. <laughs> she's not like for, she doesn't uh, live in a boat. Hunter's wharf rat. Oh, <laughs> she's not a no, child. You can tell that she's going to be like the one that's going to get the makeup later in the in the movie, right? She's going to be a hottie. It won't be. She won't get. No, it it'll be all about him, seeing that she's the one. Oh, I was figured that she's like a girl, and so she's going to end up losing the glasses, getting rid of the suspenders, putting on right. Anyways, and then he's going to be like, oh my god, well. <laughs> You're a hot girl. I didn't even realize. Okay, now. Yeah, she takes the. On the television is Sally Kellerman. Kellerman. Sally Kellerman. And she's Roxy DeJour, the porn star. So she's being fucked by the creature from Black Lagoon in bed while on the telephone? Well, it's an alien, yes. Now, look, she attacks. But he'll have none of it. Bro. Why not? Bro, it's a woman who watches porn in the 80s. Sally Kellerman from MASH getting humped. By, she, <laughs> she's got her legs up. She was really getting humped. I'm sure there was a pillow or something mm -hmm. on set, but you know what I mean. What does uh, IMDb trivia says? Was she really being humped in that scene? The IMDb trivia didn't even notice this film. Nice. Is that the only? Yeah. Is that the only time she's in this film? Film? No, no. She'll be in it throughout. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. What I was gonna say. Really? Yeah. Okay. She kicked him out because. Oh wait! Breaking news! Breaking news! Yeah, and the 